Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law, and we have a great edition of Meldon Law and Friends for you uh, today uh, from the Meridian uh, Behavioral Health Center. Uh, we have Joy Riddle and Laura Holly, who are going to uh, talk about the amazing work that uh, they do out at Meridian. Uh, before we get to that, there's uh, a few things we want to bring to the attention of everybody who is uh, listening. Uh, number one, <clears throat> Gator Sports are back in action. The uh, Florida soccer team uh, had their first game uh, last um, Sunday, and uh, they scored with less than two minutes to go to tie the game, went into double overtime, and uh, it was a 1-1 tie against Texas. So, uh we are off and running with the new era of uh, Florida soccer because uh, Becky Burley is retired. She was the only Florida soccer coach in our history, 20, I think 27 years, if I'm not mistaken. So that was pretty cool. And um, they are going to be, uh, the soccer team is going to be here this coming Thursday August 26, 7 p.m., they're playing UCF. And then on Sunday, we got a big game uh, against uh, Miami, uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. So that's fun. If, uh, if you guys haven't been out to the soccer stadium, it's a great facility. Melden Law is a uh, sponsor of all of the Gators sports. We are the only official personal injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators and very proud uh, of that honor. A uh, couple other things we got going on. Um, volleyball is starting up, and uh, the Lady Gator volleyball team, they're out in California. They're playing uh, a tournament out there, the Hornet in in Invitational, San Francisco, UC Davis. Uh, they're playing uh, Stanford. So it's it's going to be a challenging game. Uh, 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 experience for them. Uh, volleyball, we we are we've won uh, more SEC championships than just about anybody, and uh, we have also um, won uh, some incredible uh, games against top-notch uh, talent. So going out to San Francisco is definitely um, a good thing. Uh, we also want to announce the coastal. Conservation Association event that's coming up September 9th. Melden Law is a corporate sponsor of the event. It is for uh, fishermen, boaters, people that are um, interested in making sure that our waters uh, stay healthy so that we can have uh, fun fishing. Uh, so that's at the Legacy Center out in uh, Alachua 530. Uh, go to uh, CCA um, Gainesville Banquet if you want uh, some more information. Um, we have a question. How do we win tickets for Gator games and are you giving away football tickets? <laughs> the answer is, of course, Melden Law is going to be giving away tickets for um, all of the Gator football games. We're going to start with FAU uh, September Fourth, It's a 7.30 game in the Swamp. So for those of you that don't like to uh, go to a game 
uh, the first week of September at 1 o'clock in yes. the afternoon. <laughs> we have a 7.30 game, so that, <laughs> that is some relief for us. Uh, so we will be giving away tickets to all the Gators sporting events, football, volleyball, soccer. Uh, just go to MeldonLaw.com or to our Facebook page, uh, Meldon Law, and you will be able to uh, find uh, all of the uh, ticket giveaways, and uh, it's really fun. We got, you know, part of our deal with uh, being the official uh, personal injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators is that we get to get tickets, and we in turn give away our tickets to members of the community who can uh, enjoy them, and uh, it's been really exciting this past year. Uh, we're going to move into uh, our show right now. I want to uh, welcome Joy and Laura. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Awesome. Good. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is, Joy, would you tell us uh, what you do at Meridian Behavioral Health? Okay. Well, I am a senior vice president at Meridian Behavioral Health Care, and I am in charge of marketing, communications, and advancement. So basically moving the cause forward and securing resources to make that happen. Well, that sounds like a big task. It, it is. It can be a big task, but it's very challenging and very rewarding. So what's the history of Meridian Behavioral Health? So Meridian was uh, founded in 1971. So it originally had a different name, and um, there were a couple of mergers along the way. It was named Meridian, actually, in 1996. Um, but it was there in, you know, the movement that was happening happening with mental health in the 70s. And uh, we are the leading provider of treatment of mental illnesses and substance use disorders in north central Florida. What counties do you service? So we serve, let's see, Alachua, Bradford. There's 16. Yeah, there's a lot. I would more say if you took Gainesville and you went out 8,000 square miles around Gainesville, that's what we serve. Wow. And now with uh, we have on-demand telehealth now at uh, mbhci.org forward slash telehealth, and people can go on there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if they're having a crisis and just click, it's on demand, and someone will come on and talk with you. Okay, so if somebody Googles Meridian Health Gainesville, they will find you? They will find us, yes, <laughs> definitely. I, I try to make it easy so people don't who are listening to the broadcast in their car mm -hmm. don't have to uh, write stop. it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to write it down while they're driving. We don't want yeah, anybody to get hurt. But so it, it, it's, um, you know, Meridian behavioral health care care yep okay yep. and uh and it's uh mbhci dot mm -hmm. org so yep. meridian behavioral health care inc dot org yep okay well that's exciting you know i i came to gainesville in 1970 mm -hmm. and i remember there were some facilities out on south 441 yeah. Uh, is that where you're currently located? We are right on the corner. Our main campus, our headquarters, is right on the corner of 441 and Southwest Williston Road. And um, what do you have residential uh, folks we do. there? You have a we have um, crisis there, so you can come in for crisis stabilization. We have addictions receiving. 
Um, if someone's suffering from a substance use disorder um, and needs some help in that area, we have long-term residential care for rehabilitation. And that's kind of what people initially think when they think about Meridian. But what else we have is we have outpatient care. We have mobile response teams that can come to your house and see you or your office or the grocery store, wherever you're having a crisis. Um, we have a partnership with the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, as well as the Gainesville Police Department for our co-responder program. So we now have police officer and a master's level clinician that ride together. And when someone calls 911 or needs assistance and it sounds like there might be a mental illness involved or a domestic dispute or something like that, that team will be dispatched to, well, to the, the, yeah. So then you have a counselor on site. You know, that's amazing because mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of people um, are in a crisis. They get yeah. themselves worked up. However, um, if somebody could just kind of talk them down, yeah, they'll and, get to the next day. Right, yeah, <laughs> and then maybe get into some type of outpatient treatment or something instead of, you know, getting arrested because there was a disturbance or something of that nature. Yeah. How, how long has that program been going on? The first program, we spun up the first team with the Gainesville Police Department in 2018, and now we're in the process of getting to our fifth team in partnership with um, the county, with Alachua County. And our goal is to see these teams throughout our entire service area. Well, that's really amazing. You know, I, I read the newspaper, and there's always stories about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, unfortunate uh, events occurring because yeah. uh, people... Uh, think that um, they're in a situation they just can't get out of and they don't know what right. to do. Yeah, definitely. We know it was um, it was really interesting when we spun up the first team in 2018 because we actually did the press conference the day after the team launched and the officer that was there with us that day was telling us they were already getting follow-up phone calls from the people they saw the first day to come back out. So the community is using it as a resource too. So now they know that they can get that type of assistment, assistance. Well, I, I'm just, um, you know, really grateful for, mm -hmm. you know, what you have in place. How many folks work at Meridian? We have around 800 that work at Meridian. We have 800, just about 800 employees, sometimes a little higher, sometimes a little lower. Um, and we see 20, over 23,000 individuals in treatment each year. Wow. I, I had no idea that it was that large. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't. You don't know. <laughs> so are you running the whole show? Are you responsible? For the entire company? Yeah. Well, I'm on the executive team, and I think there are six or seven of us on that team. Um, but the CEO, um, the president and CEO, Don Savoy, actually steers the ship, and we're just right behind him. How long have you been out there? Me personally, yeah. I've been with Meridian about three and a half years, going on four years now. And what was your background before that? So I have always been with nonprofit organizations in one form or another. I started out, um, funny enough, in mental health many years ago when I first got out of college and I've been in, always been with uh, youth development in one way or another. I was in education for a little while, and um, it just kind of worked out that I would come back to my roots because it's always, you know, where I wanted to be. And um, 
Did you have you been living in Gainesville a long time? I have been in Gainesville. I moved here in '98 to go to the university, and you know they kept me. I'm still here. So you've stayed <laughs> here. here. You've been here for a long time. Yes. Well, that you know, I'm really excited to hear about the outreach program. Uh, our next guest is the uh, state attorney Brian Kramer. Oh, great! Uh, and Brian, you know, he's trying to work closely with the Latcher County Sheriff, the police, mm-hmm. and everything to develop really um, innovative programs to keep people who have uh, mental health issues, substance mm-hmm. abuse issues, uh, you know, family crisis issues, try to um, keep them from uh, populating the jail and right. figure out alternatives. Yes. Do you help with that? Yeah, we do. We partner, yes. And what are some of the things you can do to help people that are in that uh, crisis situation? Well, we have mental health courts and um, drug courts that we partner with. So when people are diverted to that, we have case managers from our diversion and recovery programs that will um, attend court with them and help them, you know, get through all the goals that they need to get through and, you know, just help them reintegrate into you know, society in a smooth way. Well, it's a monumental task. And the reason it's a monumental task is because you're dealing with people who don't have a long history of keeping it together, right? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes it's situational. Yep, yep. And sometimes it's habitual or whatever you want to call it. But um, I want to delve into it some more. We're going to take uh, a one-minute break, and then Laura is going to be uh, on the uh, mic, and uh, we're going to be uh, asking Laura mm-hmm. some more questions about what we can do. So uh, I want to thank uh, everybody for listening to uh, Meldon Law and Friends, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This person here, this person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends, and we've got a very uh, exciting show for you today. Um, again, Gator Sports are picking up, and Melden Law is giving away tickets to football, volleyball, soccer. Just go to MeldenLaw.com or go to our Facebook page, Melden Law. And uh, this show is being carried on uh, Melden Law and Friends Facebook page. YouTube, and 37 other audio platforms. So when you're in the car, driving somewhere, going back and forth to work, uh, you can listen to the show. And uh, we're really excited that uh, 
we're able to contribute to the uh, community and uh, help uh, let folks in the north central Florida area know what's going on. So uh, the first part of the show, we uh, talk uh, with Joy Riddle from Meridian Behavioral Health. And the second part of the show, we're going to be talking with Laura Holly, who is the <clears throat> a Meridian Prevention Director. Uh, Laura, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. So what do you do? What does a prevention di- director I do? I get asked that all the time. What do you prevent? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, I work a lot in the schools. My team and I work a lot in the schools um, and, uh, and with community education and outreach. Uh, a lot of what we do is centered around evidence-based programming, actual curriculum uh, that's been proven to uh, beef up protective factors that are known to sort of counteract the risk factors somebody may have for developing um, mental health disorders or substance misuse disorders. So break that down into what goes on day to day. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so my I wish I could tell you what my average day looks like, but I don't have an there average day. One. There isn't one. Um, but uh, uh, but my team will go into the schools and we may work with a specific school in a specific uh, classroom. Um, and let's say we have the eighth graders, right? So we'll go in mm-hmm. for thirteen weeks in you know Mrs. Jones's class and and we'll teach through the curriculum. Uh, we pre and post test it, um, and hopefully they leave. You know the the goal is for them to leave with um, uh, skills uh, skills that that are known and science-based and evidence-based to prevent problems down the road. So like if you look at the folks that are struggling now and, and you say, okay, let's look at this you know, demographic and maybe they're, they're women in their 30s, right? Just as an example. Uh, what, what are they, what, if we could go back to middle school, what could mm-hmm. we teach them that would prevent them from being where they are now? And so then we go in those zip codes and we teach them that and hopefully we impact those numbers in 10 years. What are the uh, youngest ages that you teach? We go all the way through down to elementary school, so all school-aged kids. And plus, my uh, department also can provide um, f- support for parents. Uh, we have got some programming for parents. We've got programming for a whole family um, and then some community-based pro- programming as well. So really, we can, we can impact or capture any age. So if someone wants to reach Meridian, how do they get a hold of you? Now, for prevention, there's two there's two options. There's uh, we it goes through your school, so your school would have to um, sort of contract with us to do those programming, and we're available in all of the counties that we serve. Uh, and uh, or we do have certain community based programs like our mental health first aid program, which we have mm-hmm. community classes. They're on our Facebook page uh, or on our website. Um, they're also will, welcome to give us a call. We're at three five two three seven four fifty six hundred and just you know talk to talk to our access line and let them know you want to talk to prevention or you want information about community programs or you could probably just google meridian you could probably you do that probably and it'll find come up, them. right <laughs> <laughs> we you know i i'm at an age now where if i can keep one thought in my <laughs> mind okay and, and and walk away from uh, you know, talking to somebody yeah. and say, oh, if I need to get a hold of this one, just Google Meridian or Meridian Behavioral yes. Health or whatever, whatever you can remember. Uh, <laughs> so as I understand it, um, there's um, a number of different services that you uh, perform when it comes to prevention. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, now, uh, how do we reach Telecheck? Do, do you know? Te- you're t- talking about telehealth? 
telehealth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things about telehealth is in the pandemic, you know, Meridian already had the infrastructure in place Mm -hmm. for telehealth, right? We were already doing that in our rural communities. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, And so we were were in a unique position to be poised to just sort of increase that. But it increased by, what was it, 400, 500%? Yeah, in two weeks. In two weeks. From the shutdown to two weeks later. And so give us some examples of what were you just having people... Um, did they call in? Did they, um, you know, send in an email? Yes, what was, and how yes. did it work? Yes, <laughs> yes. 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 everything. All of that. Sometimes <laughs> it's messages through Facebook. Mm-hmm. They reach out however they reach out, and we try to meet them where they are. And in some communities, we've even been able to, through mm-hmm. agencies, deploy tablets. Yes, yeah, yes, so. definitely. We can give. So sometimes people live in very rural communities where even if they have a cell phone, they don't have the type of data that it takes to run a video conference call. Mm-hmm. So Meridian, um, actually through the generosity of uh, some of our donors, um, bought tablets along and put nine months of data on each of those tablets because that's the trajectory of uh, average treatment so that we can give those to people who can't afford it or who just live far away and they don't have good data and they can't come in. So then they have that tablet, doesn't cost them a penny, we give it to them, and then they can access us whenever they need us. And, and do they could then get uh, to be able to have a counselor talk yep, with yep, them yep. and give them mm-hmm. some coping strategies? Sure, yep. whatever therapeutic uh, intervention they're, they're experiencing, they can do that right there on the tablet. Yep. So um, how do you differentiate, or do you uh, differentiate between somebody who's like, you know, we need to get them in right away, and someone who's just having uh, what I would call a situational crisis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when people contact us, we have um, skilled people um, that are emergency screeners. So they take a, a history and talk with you. And then we direct from that, those screeners can direct them into the appropriate type of service for their particular situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? all they have to do is reach out to Meridian, yep. and then you guys will figure out what, what they wh- what, where what they want to go. We'll let them know all the options, what's available, everything. Now, the, the other thing, though, is it, it, you, you, know, you may be wondering, do I need help? Or when do I mm. need help, right? Very that's, important point. That's, yeah. So, so, you know, when do you make the call? You know, that's a question that we get a lot, like, anecdotally. I know I get yeah, that in my personal I life. I do, too. Like, when do I, when do I make the call? Um, because I think stress and anxiety, it's important to know stress and anxiety is part of the normal range of the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all going to experience that. Um, and I like to equate it to, to like, a sore throat. It, that's normal, but it's not normal, right? It's not how we're supposed to feel. But we get a sore throat. We can expect to have that you know, multiple times in our lifetime, right? We can expect to feel depression and anxiety. But just like a sore throat, there are things we know to do to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have cough drops when we have a sore throat, right? And now if some time passes and we're not feeling better, our cough drops aren't working, we're going to call the doctor. And mental health is the same way. So we look at duration and impact when we're looking at ourselves or the people that we care about. You know, has this gone on for a period of two weeks or more? Is it impacting my ability to work, carry out my daily activities, or enjoy successful relationships? If you're answering yes to those questions, it's probably time to give us a call. Well, it's amazing. Uh, Do you have a lot of success stories you can uh, share with us? We, without using any names. <laughs> we get a lot of feedback, mm-hmm. in particularly with our mental health first aid program. Because, you know, you talked before the break about um, habitual, right? And some people seem to kind of get stuck in a place. And some of that is because the average length of time somebody waits to get help is about 10 years. And they wait to get help because 
of stigma and because of not knowing where to get help or how to get help or having access to resources. And those are all things we try every day to mm -hmm. combat, right, in the work that we do. But if we can impact that and somebody can get help sooner, we stop that bleed, so to speak. So, you know, a lot's happening in those 10 years. We're self-medicating, so we're seeing coexisting substance misuse. We're developing negative coping skills, so we're seeing more mental illnesses that are compounding against the original ones. So if people can get help sooner, right, then, then all of it gets better. Uh, so we get a lot of that feedback when we proactively go out in the community. We teach mental health first aid or resiliency skills, and people say, gosh, you know, this is stuff I didn't know before. Now I know what I'm looking at in my family and in my friends and in myself, and I know what to look for, and I don't feel like if someone needs help, I'm going to be afraid to intervene. I, I'm now equipped with the tools to do that. We mm -hmm. get feedback consistently um, from some of those prevention efforts. That always keeps me going. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and how, um, how do people pay for the services? Well, uh, right now, you, uh, for clinical services, you take that one. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. We accept all payers. Some people have private insurance. Um, some people are self-pay. It's just like any other medical practice mm -hmm. that you go to. Um, you have insurance or you don't, um, you pay your bills, and if you can't afford to, then we have programs to help you with that. So you don't turn <laughs> away people because they no. just don't have, I'm broke, I don't have health insurance, um, my family's going crazy, can you help me? We're going to help you. We're going to help. Yeah, we're going to do something <laughs> to help you, yeah. But, uh, but health insurance does uh, pay, if people have health insurance, they can mm -hmm. utilize that to help pay for your services? I would hope that by now all policies cover um, mental illnesses and substance use sure. disorders, but most do. Who, yeah. who funds the uh, Meridian uh, program? So like any um, medical practice or healthcare organization, insurance, um, people paying their bills, um, we get a lot of assistance from um, federal grants, um, philanthropy, state grants. Um, we partner Department of Children and Families. A lot of state dollars come to us that way. So there's a myriad of revenue streams that we have in there to keep us diverse and to keep us being able to help those people because we are a safety net provider. We're the, we are the community mental health center. When you can't go somewhere else, you are going to come to us. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, with 800 employees, that blew my mind. I had no idea. Yeah, nobody okay, ever guesses it. They're like, How did Meridian get 800? Because when I, when I remember Meridian, it was, you know, a small core of people, and then all of a right, sudden. Right, yeah, just in the bridge house, that one building. Now, if you want to come out to campus and take a tour, and this is open to any of our viewers, I'm happy to take you on a tour, um, show you our facilities. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. Um, now, we have some events coming up. I know um, there's an event at the Hotel Indigo out here at Celebration Point, mm -hmm. and uh, that is um, a luncheon on September 23rd, right? Yeah, it is. It's September 23rd, like you said, at the Hotel Indigo, and it's part of an educational series that we do each year. It is one of our signature events. Um, and it, this year, it's going to be virtual as well as in person. So you can participate either way. Um, and it is a luncheon. So if you're participating virtually, I'll be sending you a, uh, a gift card for Uber Eats or something like that so you can order your food in. So you're still getting oh. lunch. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. Okay, so um, if you go to the Meridian website, 
um, you can go to mbhci.org and you'll see Hotel Indigo. It's a luncheon from 11 to 1 and we're going to be dealing with steps to wellness. Yep, that's, that's the name of the event and this year it's focused on self-care. So you're going to really be learning some of those um, tactics that you can use like right in the moment. Right now if I were stressing out, we're going to be teaching you how to deal with that sitting mm -hmm. right there. So we've got 60 seconds left. Okay. Uh, can you tell our audience uh, some things that you, you know, want to, them to remember and what's, uh, you know, the most important thing to uh, do in the event of a crisis? Yeah, I'm going to let Laura take that since she's on the clinical side. <laughs> my, my number one is that uh, wellness is in everybody's reach right? That there's hope for recovery, uh, regardless of what you're dealing with, that there's resources out there, that there's mm -hmm. help out there. And that if yeah. you can just take that first step, um, that mental illnesses are common, they're diagnosable. Yes. And because they're diagnosable, that means they're treatable. And recovery is not just possible, it's probable when you look at the numbers. Uh, so don't wait 10 years, right? That's the number, mm -hmm. number one thing. Um, and pay attention to yourself, listen to yourself. Um, and, uh, and don't be afraid to ask for help the same way you would go to the doctor for sore throat, give us a call, ask questions, um, and take care of yourself. Self-care is more than just bubble baths and long walks. Do that stuff too, yes. but take care of your health the same way you do your physical health. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Laura and Joy, for joining us on Melvin Law and Friends, and uh, we look forward to having you back again and yeah. bring us up to date with what's going on. Great. We'd love and to. Melvin Law and Friends will be back in three minutes. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melvin Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am fault. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, person no, here, this person lady, he might be. New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. I thought I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I've resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV 
And guess who popped up more often than not? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Melden. Uh, I'm here with my uh, partner, Carrie Melden, uh, and our special guest, Brian Kramer, who is the state attorney for the 8th Judicial uh, Circuit. And uh, we're going to get to Brian in just a minute. Uh, again, I want to uh, remind everybody that Melden Law will be giving away tickets to all of the Gators sporting events. We have soccer uh, we have volleyball. We have football. Uh, the next sporting event is this Thursday. The Gator uh, soccer team is going to be here at 7 o'clock in the evening against USF. And Sunday afternoon at 2, we're playing Miami. Uh, the Gator vo uh, volleyball team is uh, in California for a big tournament this week. Uh, they'll be back uh, uh, the week after the Gators open in football. And as everybody is, uh, uh, everybody knows who follows the Gator football, uh, September 4th, Saturday, 7.30 in the Swamp, we have FAU. Go to uh, our website, MeldenLaw.com, or our Facebook page, Melden Law, in order to find out what tickets we're giving away uh, and enter the contest. Uh, anyhow, um, we have a great privilege today of having um, our uh, state attorney from the 8th Judicial uh, Circuit here, uh, Brian Kramer. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. It's wonderful to be here. This is an amazing facility. I've never yeah. Okay. So everybody who's watching, a lot of people haven't been out to Spurrier's. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's amazing. I've never seen a restaurant like this, <laughs> this nice. It's really fantastic. How do you describe it? it it's like uh, dining in a museum uh, uh, to the history of the Gators. Yeah. 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 And, and what's interesting is, uh, Steve Spurrier uh, insisted on having a lot of the his players' trophies out here as well as his own. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And so, and it's fun. Uh, you know, I've been out here, uh, you know, several times, and every time I come out here, it's really kind of cool because I see something else. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the wallpaper upstairs. Did you yeah. see that? <laughs> Steve Spurrier has all his plays. Uh, uh, designed. Every, he's got uh, everything, uh, you know, laid out uh, as far as famous plays. And anyhow, it, it, for for those of you that bleed orange and blue, you definitely need to be out here. Absolutely. And and uh, have you had a chance to dine out here yet? This is my first time here. Yep. Man, the food is just as good as the museum. Wonderful. 
So uh, we're, we're really excited. It's farm to table. I have to give him a plug, Brian, because it's <laughs> this is going to be our new hangout on the weekend, right? <laughs> we're going to have to come out here and watch some of the games. So anyhow, um, I'm going to turn the mic over to uh, uh, my son, Carrie Meldon. And Carrie, uh, why don't you take over? Well, uh, Jeffrey, it's good to be here with you, and uh, Brian, you as well. Uh, we'll get it. I want to get into the backstory uh, shortly, but before I do, uh, as those people out there listening know, Meldon Law has been growing. Uh, quickly, uh, the last uh, three years, four years, we've off opened offices in Fort Lauderdale. We have a new standalone office in Ocala, and we're hiring uh, at, a, at a great speed, and we're getting bigger and better so we can serve North Central Florida. But I have a trivia question for you, uh, Dad. What's can that? You, can you name uh, the largest law firm in North Central Florida? <clears throat> the largest law firm in North Central Florida. Well, I hope it's going to be Meldon Law. <laughs> but it's not right now. Oh, it's the state attorney's it's office. The state, state attorney's office. <laughs> so, okay. so uh, the Honorable <laughs> Brian Kramer is here. He's the uh, he he runs the largest law firm in North Central Florida. We which, have uh, fifty about fifty lawyers and seventy five eighty five additional support staff plus uh, usually about a dozen interns, and we have six offices, one in every county in in our circuit. Um, with the head, uh, main office being in Gainesville. Can you tell the uh, listeners and viewers a little bit about the different counties? and, and what? Sure. Because most people don't know what yeah, the 8th no. Judicial Circuit that, means. That, that's correct. So Florida has 20 judicial circuits, and each judicial circuit is headed up by a state attorney. So there are 20, like me, throughout the circuit. We also have an attorney general who does other responsibilities statewide and a statewide prosecutor who serves as her prosecutor uh, in court as well that has statewide jurisdiction. So each, each uh, uh, circuit has between one and as many as, I believe, seven counties. We have six, which is Alachua, Union, Baker, Bradford, Levy, and Gilchrist. You did counties. good on that one. I say it from time to time. <laughs> and it, so our, our jurisdiction stretches from essentially the Georgia border to almost uh, Crystal River. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, Baker County is way out there. I mean, it's. I, I, I was always wondering, why didn't they put that in the fourth judicial circuit that's with Jacksonville? A, that is before my time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I'm guessing that somebody in the legislature <laughs> wanted it that way. And, uh, and Brian, you've been, I mean, this has been a very difficult um, job to get. This is, I mean, the eighth judicial circuit state attorney's office is probably has some of the most legendary attorneys that have been attached to right. that position. You like, you're like the third state attorney I'm, in the last 30 or 40 years? That's correct. Uh, I would be the third in the last 40 years, but or 30 years, but there have only been seven. That's incredible. So I'm the seventh. And in fact, uh, the former state attorney, Bill Cervone, who you, you worked hand-in-hand yeah. hand with before taking over the position this past year, right. was just, uh, didn't his uh, portrait just get uh, revealed? We did. We did. We just had his portrait created by a beautiful uh, portrait artist that does wonderful work here in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. And we just hung that in the office. Mr. Cervone served 42 years oh. in the state attorney's office and 20 of them as the state attorney. And how about your, let's talk a little bit about your career. Like, how did you become yeah. the, the state attorney of the Judicial <laughs> Circuit? It's a long and winding road, but I started as an assistant state attorney in Manatee County mm -hmm. in the mid-90s. I had been a, an assistant public defender before that time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when, my, when we started our family, my family is from Gainesville, so we moved back to Gainesville. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like a trade. <laughs> my boss then, Mr. Earl Moreland, called 
uh, Rod Smith and said, hey, I've got one for you if you're willing to take them. They made the trade. I came up here, and that would have been 1999. And I've been with the office uh, mostly since then and uh, served in a variety of roles, including pretty much every position that we have, uh, the highlights being the Levy County Division Chief, Bellany Division Chief um, in the office, and then also as the Executive Director or the, you know, the, of the office for the eight and a half years preceding my election in 2000. You know, one of the things that I was very impressed with on your resume is that you've uh, been in a private practice role, you've been in public defender role, you've been in state attorney's role. That's right. And um, I've always felt like uh, the prosecutors and the judges who have different experience make, uh, you know, they have a better understanding of what it's like on the other side as well. I agree. And one of the things that is important is that we see people from every walk of life, every type of person, every difficulty that people face, it comes through our office. And if, if, you're in a, if you're in a very narrow sort of frame of reference in your life, it can be very difficult to really empathize with the people who are being prosecuted. Because unlike the defense, who has to zealously represent their client, we have a broader responsibility. We have a responsibility to all of the people of the state of Florida, and that includes the accused, which is different. So having that perspective to understand where did, where did this person come from, what have they been through, and serving as an assistant public defender certainly gives you that very, very quickly. And, and being in private practice teaches you that people have very different situations that they confront in their life, and it's really critical to, to well, what I'm, do. I'm, yeah, I'm really glad that uh, you know, we, we have you in the position because uh, the, so going back to history, okay, when I started practicing here, Ted Duncan mm -hmm. was the um, state attorney. So uh, so I, I knew Ted when the office was um, next to the Hippodrome right. Theater. It was called the Hope Building. Right. And the Hope family, uh, you know, Norwood Hope built Turkey Creek and a bunch of other things. I think it was his, named after his father. And uh, Gene Whitworth uh, w was there. Shortly thereafter, um, you know, Larry Turner showed up, and then uh, Stan Moore showed up, and Harris Tobin showed up, and Ken Aber showed up, and then Bill Cerrone showed up. And uh, I feel like I've been very privileged to see, you know, all the different state attorneys. Yeah. You know, Gene Whitworth uh, was a, a very good friend, Lynn Register. Um, uh, there, you know, we had, um, of course, Rod Smith, uh, Bill Cervone. Did I finish forgetting? <laughs> you, you didn't, but I would tell you that uh, those are all guys who are just, uh, you know, the sort of the history of the legal community in Gainesville. When Bill Cervone showed up in the state attorney's office, I was four. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yeah. And Gainesville, in many ways, is different. I mean. In other state attorneys' offices, you know, uh, I, I don't think that they have the same collegial understanding of working with the other side. Right. Right. Stacy Scott, who's our public defender, is not only our public defender, she's my personal friend. Yes. And so we have, a, we have a relationship that's built on more than being adversaries in a courtroom. And so what we do matters to each other, that we communicate and that we cooperate where we can. We always are clashing in the courtroom. Yeah. That's our jobs, <laughs> and we both understand that. Um, but because we 
value our personal friendship, it matters that we communicate. And what happens is important as that we don't cross lines with each other. And I think that's really what is the basis of that collegial relationship is that everyone in my office understands that and they respect the public defender's mm -hmm. office because I respect the public defender's office. I respect the private bar. What they do, all my lawyers understand this is a critical function of the legal system. And, and of course, Ms. Scott understands that we have a job to do that they often don't agree with or appreciate, but it still has to be done. So Brian, when we come back from commercial, which is going to cut in a, f a few minutes, uh, you were executive director with Professor Vone. I remember when I was practicing the defense bar, you were um, implementing some really exciting changes to the state attorney's office, right. which were revolutionary in, in how the justice was being carried out right. in a community that was growing larger and larger uh, you know, at a really fast rate. I mean, Gainesville right. today is a lot different than the Gainesville that you started off in 1999. Sure. Absolutely. So when we come back, what I want to talk about a little bit is about, about what you've done Know, during okay. your tenure as the state attorney, absolutely, what you intend to do and, and how you um, feel about, you know, the the process with regards to the justice system and the state of the justice system, especially in light of the pandemic. Right, uh, there's been a lot of changes, so I think the uh, audience out there would really like to hear, you know, sure. what your what your foresight is in terms of the immediate future and how we're going to you know, tackle this and how things may change long term. I will. That'll be great. So. Okay, and we'll be back to Melden Law and Friends in 60 seconds. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together, which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. And we're back here at Meldon Law and Friends, our weekly podcast you can catch every Tuesday. Feel free to ask a question. We're running with it right now with uh, the Honorable Brian Kramer, who became the state attorney in the Eighth Circuit in January of 2021. So there's been some incredible, exciting uh, new changes and things that are coming through the state attorney's office that I think are going to uh, help make the system even better than it already is, which is, uh, has been a very, very functional system in this circuit compared to some other places in Florida. Uh, before we go forward, we have a Facebook comment and question. It says, the judicial circuit is on the cutting edge of providing prosecution alternatives and specialty courts such as adult fel felony drug court. There's also a veterans court. Uh, that Judge Penna had created. I don't know who's in charge mm -hmm. of it now. How does someone qualify for, for alternatives to traditional prosecution? I, I don't yeah. know if you can answer that. Well, I, it depends on whether you're going to go for an extra hour uh, <laughs> because the, the, question, the person who wrote the question is very much correct. There are a wide variety of specialty courts in the Eighth Judicial Circuit, and they're continuing to expand. Mm -hmm. You mentioned veterans court and adult drug court. There are also felony forensics courts. There's mental health court. 
Um, there are um, a number of, uh, of, of other diversionary programs that are running that are not necessarily, those are all within the courthouse itself. We're running diversionary programs within mm -hmm. our office as well. So how do you qualify for those programs? Most of those programs are status-based or need-based. So to be in veterans court, you're going to have to be a, an honorably discharged veteran, or it may be there may be a lesser stage of discharge that qualifies as well. You have to have committed uh, or be alleged to have committed certain crimes mm -hmm. that meet criteria. You have to be approved by the state attorney's office. You have to be approved by the court itself to be enter into the program. And these are diversionary courts, meaning that when the person is done and successfully completed the court, the charges against the person are going to be dropped. Um, drug court is for people who have, as it sounds, like a drug problem mm -hmm. and who are seeking treatment. And they are seek and they are trying to solve their drug problem as opposed to people who may or may not be interested in that help at that moment in their life. You know, it, it's amazing to me because it makes so much sense. It's very, very expensive to um, get involved in uh, trying cases. You know, the litigation system between whether it's the state attorney, private counsel, or the public defender. And that um, having alternatives to um, going to court, I think it's a win-win. Right, right. And one of the things, as you were talking about before the break, that we're working on now, we've just started implementing it, is we have had for several years, since two, we started it January 1, 2018, we've had a diversionary, well, it's not a diversionary program, a deflection program. Mm -hmm. So the difference between diversion and deflection is that in diversion, the case is already in the criminal justice system. We're going to do something, and then we're going to drop that case, right? With deflection, what we're doing is we're saying we're not even going to bring this case into the criminal justice system. It's going to get to the state attorney's office, but it's never going to get to the courthouse doors. And we're looking at the situation, we're dealing with it, and then the result is still that the case never gets prosecuted, right? So we've had that in county court for, mm -hmm. for a while, since 2018. We're now bringing that to the felony court. And we have implemented one of the changes you talked about was you know, I took office in January of 2021. I took about the first six months to really get the lay of the land, understand the job, and see where the needs were, and to give the staff the comfort to know that there's going to be consistency over time. So one of the changes that I've just implemented now is that I've divided the responsibilities of our felony division chiefs and into one who's doing a, a, a process of intake and one who's doing the process of seeing the cases through to completion, or more like execution. And our intake division chief is now looking at every felony case to see that's coming through the door to see if it would qualify for deflection, mm -hmm. which is new. So what we're learning in really in prosecution and the more modern idea of prosecution is that it isn't always going to be best for society that every person who encounters the terminal justice system needs to end up with a criminal record. That where you have a minor offender who can be, who can, we can address the situation and put them back on the straight and narrow without establishing a criminal record because you guys are well aware doing what you do of how detrimental that can mm -hmm. be to someone that that ultimately has a better outcome for everyone. The you know, you're, for everyone else. Brian, your predecessor, Bill Cervone, implemented the uh, DUI uh, deferred prosecution Correct. system. And at the time, there weren't that many state attorneys around right. doing it. And it's really turned out to be a very successful program. As and 
all of our deflection programs are very successful. We have, in our deflection program, we have approximately a 90% success rate. Wow. Which is so, amazing because yeah, you yeah. put, if you run them through the system, they're going to be on probation. They have to show up for a probation officer maybe once a month. Right. And there's really no, you know, there's no right. carrot and stick going on the way there is in some of these deflection Correct. and diversion Correct. programs. And ultimately, the long-term consequences of minor crime can be so difficult for someone to deal with in the longer term that the punishment that they get at the beginning isn't really proportionate to the law. When you look at mm -hmm. the longer term punishment of what does it mean to you as a competitor in society to have a criminal record? That's a, that's a very, very good point. Right? And so yeah. we're now, and this is, this is the, the modern look, is to say, look, do we, is that where we need to start? You know, and, and what we're doing now is we're saying, no, that isn't really where we need to start. Where we need to start is to look at someone who's committed a minor crime and see if we can deflect that out of the system. And if we can, great. And if they never come back, fantastic. If they do come back, well, the next time, most likely, they're not going to be deflected. And we realize now we have something that's more than a, a one-off. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's really kind of the philosophy that is pervasive in modern prosecution. And we're bringing that here to Latcher County. Um, and really, it's quite successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at the success rates that we have. 90% rate is incredible. Yeah. And that's in county court. We haven't yeah. seen the you know, county court or misdemeanors. Right. You know, we haven't done this enough in felony court to understand that. But oftentimes, the differences between a misdemeanor and a felony are completely arbitrary. Can't, it right? very much can be. It could be charged either yeah. way. It could be the yeah. weight of drugs. Yeah. It could be the amount of the value of the item that was taken. Correct. Right? right. And, and understand, we are making people whole. So if people are thinking, gosh, these people are getting no consequence. The consequences, especially for something like the DUI diversion program, which we've improved under yes. my mm -hmm. uh, administration, they're greater than the consequences that someone would if serve you if you went to court and you and you pled straight up and got whatever the judge Absolutely. gave you. So, Absolutely. So it's really not a situation where somebody's getting a great deal. That it, It's really an effort to put people on the right track for success. And if that person proves to the, to the world they're not going to be a success, that this is going to be a societal problem that society is going to have to deal with for a long time. We also have the people to deal with that. Speaking of challenges, you rose to the position of the state attorney of the 8th Judicial Circuit during a pandemic. Right. That's incredible. So how, is that, <laughs> yeah. how, have you, how have you been dealing with that challenging situation? It has been much more challenging actually lately than it was the first time through, I guess is the way to put it. Um, we have... The first thing we did is we sent everybody home with a computer and started getting people to work from home. Mm -hmm. And that was a challenge. No one was prepared for that. That was an untested model. Um, but we that was our our first reaction. Did, to did you did you have uh, software so that people could work remotely? Or we do. You? We just didn't have enough. So mm -hmm. the lawyers, I'm sure as you guys probably do, they've all been working from home because it's it's not a it's not an eight hour a day job. It's whatever it takes, right? Mm -hmm. You're a prosecutor. Yeah. You have a job to do, you do the job. Mm -hmm. But for the, for the folks who are support staff, they work nine to five. So we weren't prepared to send all those folks mm -hmm. home to, to, to do the work from home. Um, and that was a big challenge in the beginning. And, and it's then such bring, a large office. Right, and bringing, back, bringing people back into the office safely, spacing people. We're, not, you know, we're just not set up for all that. So there were a lot of challenges. We've done well, but the variant that we've been dealing with now has been, has been much more difficult because... Of, we have most of our staffs are vaccinated, but mm -hmm. they're still getting sick. So we're we are pretty much constantly sending people home, or they're home sick. 
Um, and we do, what, you know, we do what we can. We, we're a regular business in, in those regards. We're really not, there's no difference between us and, and anybody else. I do everything I can to convince people to vaccinate. Mm -hmm. We do everything we can to, to convince people to be safe um, in our office. And, but on some, at some point, you know, it's up to them, <laughs> How about, like it is in every other business. How about with regards to the court system? I mean, obviously what uh, the prosecutors have to do a lot of times is go to court and they argue cases in front of juries. Right. And it's in a public place. And right. the Constitution ensures an individual a right to have yep. a jury trial Absolutely. and confront their accusers right. if there's a victim involved. So how, how does that work? Well, the, the first thing is that we co work cooperatively. We work cooperatively with the courts and with the public defender and with the private defense bar meaning that we're not trying to argue things out in the courtroom and take an adversarial position on these issues. So, for instance, if we know that someone can't come to court and there's a trial, we talk, I'll talk to, to Stacy Scott and say, hey, can this person testify by Zoom? Mm -hmm. She may say yes, she may say no. It's her job to determine that person's confrontation rights and whether they're going to enforce them or not. Um, the judges have control over the physical plant of the courtroom and they make the decisions about what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, who's going to wear a mask, where they're going to wear that mask, how are we going to seat jurors, you know, those type of things. Those are all with the judge and we cooperate. We listen, we understand, and our people follow the rules. We're very good at following rules. <laughs> <laughs> we are rule followers yes. by nature. Uh, you know, and that's really how that works. And then the private defense bar, obviously, you guys have representation through Ron Kozlowski and, and mm -hmm. the, the Florida Criminal uh, Defense Association. Um, and they are partners as well in, in with the judges and being, and being involved in what happens. I, I got an off-the-wall question for you. All right. Uh, how, how does the state attorney's office respond to lawyers that act like jerks? <laughs> well, uh, it depends on how much of a jerk the person's being. There is a certain amount of, uh, to use your terminology, jerkiness that we just have to accept. There is a point at which that jerkiness can cross the line, and then we have a variety of tools in the toolbox. Um, most of which we do not like to use. Of course, we have what's called a bench bar committee here in the Eighth Judicial Circuit, which is sort of a, uh, a way to send people to a more of a community type thing and say, hey, we're having a problem. We need to mm -hmm. solve it. That, that's one option. We can, we can report people to the Florida bar. That's a difficult mm -hmm. option because it, that, that attacks someone's livelihood and people take it very seriously. Um, and then, of course, we have things that are more practical in nature, which is, for instance, if I said to you, Carrie, here's the thing. If you keep doing this, you're never getting another plea offer for the rest of your life. Right. How, would, how about you want to stop? I think that's a pretty good uh, uh, stick, as right. I would say, the carrot and yeah. the stick. That's also You know, one of the yeah. things, uh, um, having practiced in Alachua County and North Central Florida for, you know, 50 years, um, Gainesville, uh, we have, we're a small enough community so people know if you're acting like a jerk and word, sure. word gets around. So you don't want to get no, there. And it's <laughs> really not yeah. normally a problem. But, we you really know, have an excellent bar. people in South Florida look at us like we're in la-la land because we act nice and yeah. civil to each other. And, and sometimes we have lawyers who come in from out of town, and it's as shocking to, to us <laughs> as it is to them. That but what it's like you said, but when you get into court, you advocate for the people of the state right. of Florida. The defense attorneys advocate for their clients, whether right. it's the PD or whether it's the private counsel and so there's a professionalism that happens within the arena versus outside the arena correct and and i've been practicing in south florida now for four years i can tell you that a lot of time lawyers 
try to figure out how much they can get away with. In Gainesville, you can't get away with very much. Everybody knows what everyone else is doing, so you, you better uh, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, come prepared, and be willing to listen to the other side to get what we believe to be an equitable, at least try to get an equi equitable result. You know, it always right. depends on what the facts and circumstances are. But there is, um, you know, there's very, uh, it's a great uh, state attorney's office. Yeah, We're so happy okay. to have you Similarly, here, Similarly, if we have a prosecutor who isn't behaving properly, they get found out very quickly as well. Yeah. Oh, that, exactly. Hey, we got to call an end to this party. All We're right. going to have to have Brian back here I'll be back. and deal some more. Thing. Uh, this has been Melvin Law and Friends, our special guest this uh, half hour with Brian Kramer, the uh, state attorney for the 8th Judicial Circuit. And thank you very much. Thank you, and Brian. we'll be back next week on Melvin Law and Friends.